Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That's me. This is Brandon Newman with me as always. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you for asking. I'm ready to get to these takes and these and these and these and these and these storylines and these and these sports and and, and, and all that. Because guess what? It's Wednesday. What does that mean? Hump day. Oh, damn Mike, it. Mike, 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 you know what day it is. I'm glad it took us till week two for that to happen. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad because I was hoping that wasn't where you were going. And then I realized as soon as I saw that bleep eating grin on your face, that that's exactly where you were going. And now we're here. Well, I, I didn't want to go there. You asked me and it just kind of you, 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 you gave that to me. You threw the alley oop up. I had to slam down, you know, slam dunk, whatever the whatever the term is. <laughs> whatever uh, the yeah. popular well, lingo the children are using these days. Yeah, what? Yeah, it was the the NBA, uh, the hoops. Uh, what is up? What is good? What's going on? So this is actually all a perfect segue into who we're going to get to talk to today because. As we have yes. made clear on this podcast many times, Brandon and I were teammates at Notre Dame. We have known each other for more or less half of our lives. And at this point, yes. there's a lot of time under task together in a lot of ways, but not in this relationship, not in this day-to-day work relationship and something like this. We get a chance to talk to Brandon's first real co-host, Joy Taylor. Fox Sports' very own co-host of The Herd with Colin Cowherd, and Brandon's former co-host on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, which, Brandon, you and I talked about really was well ahead of its time as far as what you enjoy were doing, what, four or five years ago now? Yes, and I I got to credit her. You know, she saw the vision, uh, not only in me, but in the, in the space in general. Uh, I think at that point in time, she was still doing Undisputed, so... As, as a moderator role, she didn't have a lot of chances to get her takes off. And the podcast was the perfect forum to just highlight joy. And she tapped me and said, you can do this. Uh, don't do that. 
uh, do less of this, do more of that. Uh, just talking in a sense of coaching me up in this whole realm. And I'm so, so thankful for her. And, and she really set me on the trajectory to, to be where I'm at now. So I was very, very happy to, to, to link up with her. Um, you know, it's one of those things that she's, she's, she's more than a friend at this point in time. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's good to have friends in high places and low places. And uh, we all know where Joy is. No, Joy is in the highest possible places here. So excited. I'm excited to get some advice on being your day-to-day teammate like this in the way that Joy was. And here, if there's any weird stuff that I got to be ready for when I'm peeking around here and we're getting ready for bed and I got to know if I'm going to look across and see you with something weird on your nightstand or turning your phone down so the light's not up. And now I got to ask question when it vibrates and you tell me don't worry about it. It's nobody. And then it's Pizza Hut at two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, why is Pizza Hut calling you right now? I thought you usually call Pizza Hut. <laughs> this is an entire scenario where I'm, I'm texting with Jake from State Farm. Right, like Jake from State Farm at two in the morning. That's, what are you wearing, it's Jake? Yeah, I don't, really, I don't know what he's wearing. These are the que- these are the questions that I got to ask. So we'll get to plenty of that with Joy. Obviously, her Miami Heat got a massive win over the 76ers last night. So plenty to get into with that. The NBA playoffs, a couple of pretty lopsided games in that one with the Suns putting it on Dallas as well. But Brandon, in that interest, I think there are only two places that we can start in all of this before we get to Joy because we had the big news of the day before we get to the NBA was Tom Brady out here, I I guess, continuing to live right, to live for the Lord, to live for whatever continues to bless him with these kind of paydays. Because we saw the report from Andrew Marchand at the New York Post that Tom Brady, when he retires, is set to sign on and become the main broadcast analyst for Fox Sports to the tune of a 10-year, $375 million deal. What in the entire hell, Brandon? <laughs> 10 years? Like, honestly, 10 years? He's not done playing yet. Like, I was, okay, uh, we, we, haven't talk, we haven't talked about this. Obviously, there was the fill of void because the Hall of Famers, uh, Joe Buck, broadcast Hall of Famers, and then the Pro Football Hall of Famers, Troy Aikman, are now at your old stomping grounds, which was a crazy move when it happened, uh, especially since let's be all let's be real, the Manning cast was was getting all the viewers that they needed for those Monday Night Football games. So that movement. So I was wondering what Fox was going to do. I was wondering what they were going to do. I heard rumblings of Sean Payton, but they I don't think they they could really get him uh, in the booth. Instead, they picked someone who is actively still on a roster, who is actively one of the best players in the game, like arguably the best player to ever play the game. It's just it's such a weird. And also, I just don't trust Tom Brady in contracts. Is it fair to say that Tom Brady is big enough and bold enough and has enough power that he can do whatever he wants? He can do whatever he wants. He's not locked into a 10 year deal. I think he can decide tomorrow that he's like, yeah, actually, never mind. I mean, We've seen Tom Brady already go back on a retirement, so I guess in theory that's possible, but I don't know, Brandon. Like To lock into something for that long, Tom Brady was in a relationship in New England with Bill Belichick that by the end we clearly saw 
was a little bit fractured, and we don't know how long there had been friction there, how long it had been uncomfortable. So Tom Brady is a a football player in the truest sense of the word in that he can be uncomfortable for long periods in the time of a time mm. in the name of winning at the highest level here. Like, you know, he doesn't want to True. take a step back. How many uh, Super Bowls is Fox calling in the next decade? Four? Uh, four of the next 11. So Tom Brady has a standard of living. He expects to be in the Super Bowl pretty much every other year that he has been a player. So if he gets back to the Super Bowl this year and decides to ride off into the sunset, he's going to walk right into the booth that's calling the Super Bowl again. Like This man has caviar taste when it comes to his role in the NFL's ecosystem. I like that. I like that. He's like, okay, uh, which one of y'all is going to actually be at the big game? Because that's what, that's what, I'm not going to do it unless I'm going to the big game. Right. Like, he wants to know that he is going to be involved. See, I think it's twofold, Brandon. I think there's certainly that factor of it. Tom Brady obviously loves football enough to where he tried retirement for like a month and a half, was home hitting the honey-do list, and then all of a sudden decided, you know what, I-, I need to be working again. So he's not afraid of the grind it takes to do this, but I think this is also the competitor in Tom Brady because he saw what you mentioned. All that success in the Manning cast, how much everyone talked about how that's changed in broadcast booths. You got Peyton's places and Eli's places. Mm. And Tom Brady looked at this situation and said, there is no way in hell I'm going to let anyone be out here thinking that the Mannings are better than me at any of this broadcast stuff. No, I am going to go in and immediately green mushroom this thing because everyone's going to say, well, Tom Brady, he could do whatever he He could be in a front office. He's got a lot of work outside. He's doing movies. He's got crypto investments and all this stuff. Said, no, no, no. Tom Brady, at the end of the day, just wants to remind you in some sort of competitive element that he is better than his peers. And the Mannings just happened to waltz into this place and set the bar in a way that now Tom Brady's got to clear. Well, I mean, the, before that, it was Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo, I think we all have come to, to love the Miss Cleo Tony Romo call. Of like, okay, watch out with this one. It's gonna be. A, uh, I don't know, Jim. I don't know, Jim. Like, okay, watch this. They're, they're coming up in the box. I think it's gonna go to a slant. Uh, so, but for me, America's game of the week, that four twenty five game, that NFC game, it just seems like it's it's more. It, it's it's Tom Brady placing himself squarely on top of Aaron Rodgers' shoulders again. He's just like everybody. Not only. Everybody can get it. All these quarterbacks can get it. It's like yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to critique the hell out of you uh, at, at when you're most disinterested, which is, means is least effective uh, to talk about Aaron Rodgers and just I don't know I don't know Tom Brady Tom Brady just deciding that he's shouts out to Fox I'll say that shouts out to Fox Sports and and getting the goat to call games. For until my until my son is going to be looking at high schools, I'll say that. Like this is crazy. It is crazy. Do you think he's going to be good? Because I I I look at this and you talked about what left in Troy Aikman. That was stability and comfort. And I think Tom mm-hmm. is going to be closer to that model than he will be to like the Tony Rono model. I'm genuinely interested if we're going to get, because part of the appeal of the Manning cast was you had Guy and Peyton Manning and guests, Ray Lewis, Russell Wilsons. You had these high-level thinkers, guys that have been in the elite like Hall of Fame levels of football like Troy yes. Aikman 
who can offer you a perspective that in some cases was newer and closer to the game, newer and closer to the modern game. So they were giving you unique insights. Tom Brady is going to step out of being maybe two years max removed from a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl win and won at a level and competed at a level over a long period of time that nobody else has. So I'm fascinated to see if he can do what is sometimes difficult because everyone's brought up Joe Montana failing in the broadcast booth and some of these other names. There are sometimes issues with players that are so naturally great at things. We know that wasn't Tom Brady. He wasn't a guy that was physically gifted enough to go and work his way through this. So I wonder how it's going to translate because if he can translate it, it's insight at a level we've probably never seen just based on his experience. Okay, okay. To answer that question, is he going to be good? Tom Brady is immaculate at so many things, right? He's a beautiful man. Of course. Beautiful face. Uh, everyone wants to bring up his, his, his marital status and the fact that his wife is a supermodel. Fair. She's also a very rich woman. He's He's pliable. He's he doesn't get injured when he does get injured, when he does have mistakes. He just tells the ref that they made a mistake and they fix it. The least impressive thing about Tom Brady, in my opinion, is his voice. So I very, very interested in how it plays out. I think his insight will be up to a level like I don't know about his energy as well, like, I can't see him getting excited about a play. What do you mean you like, can't see him I, I getting think... excited? Tom Brady, literally the chief soundbite of him is, let's go! Like, yeah, he's the guy because down... because he had a podcast well, a, a, called the Let's Go Podcast. Listen, okay, okay. Listen. I, Brandon, I don't think energy's ever been a problem for Tom Brady. It's not, It just won't be this... I'll, you compare him to Aikman, which Aikman isn't, like, giving you a bunch of energy, which I think that's a good comp, but... I prefer what Tony Romo has brought to the table, and I don't know if Tom Brady is going to give me something that is comparable in, in, that, in that regard, like something that like I'm tuning in to, to just laugh and smile at Tony Romo and Jim Nance just just buddy cop it up. See, well, and that's what you just mentioned. It was so many people bring up in this is. People say, I'm never tuning into a game to listen to X broadcaster. Most people, because it's the NFL, are just coming there. And while I believe that, I don't think that's what any of this stuff is about. Like, I don't think that's why ESPN went out and got Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. I don't think that's why Fox spent this kind of money on Tom. I think they spent it because live events are the overwhelming currency of this media landscape right now. Like, as we figure out what everyone's place is in all this, the one thing that's become abundantly clear in the new TV marketplace right now, post-pandemic and the way viewing habits have changed, live events are still the thing. The NFL is still the thing that's going to be 97 of the top 100 rated broadcasts of the year. They want someone you can trust in that spot. They want someone that's going to go in and immediately have brand recognition, immediately have name recognition, and just not do anything to drive people away or turn people off. They'd rather err towards safe. Tony Romo was kind of the exception because he was this lightning rod. He was something so new. But I think for everyone else, it generally tends to be in the booth. Hey, let's go for the safest possible option that's going to appeal to the widest section of this audience and just feel comfortable and reputable enough for most people that are looking in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 100 percent right. I, I mean, I was, I couldn't help but to think about 
you being in that chair calling games when you've got an opportunity to and how you've checked off a lot of those boxes for a lot of people. But Tom Brady is just – it's just – I mean, it would be like if Lawrence Taylor, like Jim Brown – like these are like Mount Rushmore entities that ever played the game of, of sports, as ever ever played – yeah, ever played sports, period, but especially the game of football – coming in t- to call games in our lifetime. I just, I, I don't, I, it's one of those things, like, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Tony Romo kind of landed on this after deciding he was going to stop playing football. Like, it was kind of like a backup option when that when that came, and it kind of made more sense. Now it feels like Tom Brady's always going to be thinking, I could have thrown that ball better. I, I, I would have made a better decision. I wouldn't have taken that sack. Well, I think you're seeing more and more guys. Like you mentioned Tom Brady's podcast. We've talked about Draymond Green's podcast. You've seen plenty of guys do those media deals. Greg Olson was calling games when he was injured and still technically an active player before he got to Fox. So I think you're seeing more guys understand that they can live comfortably in both worlds, maximize a lot of the eyeballs and ears that want to listen and hear what they have to say, and then put themselves in a better position to succeed after. I don't think Tom was... With his approach to football is going to be one that dabbles to that extent, but we've already seen him put a lot of other projects out on the line once he got away from New England. So I think there's a lot of that. The other most entertaining part of this was, and I believe this tweet is now deleted from the athletic NFL that said Tom Brady has never once been an analyst on any level, yet he's set to become the highest paid sports broadcaster. And it had the list of, of the top five, and it was Tom Brady at $37.5 million, Tony Romo at third on that list at $18 million, Michael Strahan at fourth at $17 million, and Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith at $10 million. Brandon, but number two on that list was the man who won the day, and that was Mr. It. What is Up? It is Jim Rome of CBS Sports Radio, who I had to go look and see what Jim Rome does because I have not seen him in the general take <laughs> sphere for I don't know how long. And that's not a knock. That's respect because if he's really getting paid $30 million and he doesn't have to participate in what the rest of us are in this gigantic rat race of the like more visible sports talk media sphere that goes on with ESPN and Fox and CBS on the national level, that's a dub. That is an unholy, unmitigated dub. And I have no choice but to support our president and what he's been able to do in that. <laughs> but isn't it, it's the same type of thing for Tom Brady. It's like, what's somebody who has name recognition, staying power, consistency in the name, like, Growing up in Detroit, Jim Rome was one of the first sports like radio people that I've ever listened to. My dad always had Jim Rome on, and I, to the point where I had to ask him one point, and I was like, why is he talking like that? He's like, that's just how he sets it up. Like, that's how he sets it up. Can you do a Jim Rome impression? Like, that's the thing. If, you, if, you're, if you're in a position where someone can do impressions of you, then, like, that person does – uh, deserve top tier money. Well, oh no! Listen, he deserves it based off reputation. Like Jim Rome was that dude, and clearly still is that dude. But like, yeah. I can't do an impression. Still I'm burning. like, I'm like everyone else. Uh, I can remember the "What is up?" It's Jim Rome before Rome is burning would start. 
But that's about the extent of it. And I just, I thought that was fascinating that this list came out, the Tom Brady news broke, and Jim Rome was the number one trending topic because everyone was like, wait a minute, he's still in the league, let alone being paid like he's first team all media because now we have also like sports media to death. Like, I know we've always yes. had like the Marshans and the Richard Deitches and everyone covering this at this level, but to see it listed out like that, and as I go back now, and click it that tweet is deleted so i don't know if one's gone up in its place wow. but i wonder if they were like man maybe we went a bridge too far in all this in turning it into measuring the top quarterback salaries or doing it the same way we would it's the same thing and I, that's what i'm saying like i'm so glad because it has that was the biggest thing that i learned getting into this business seven years ago that fans analyze the analysts the same way they analyze the players you know, I had no idea that people had takes on how Colin Cowherd gave his takes. You know what I mean? Like, this is a real cottage industry. Uh, shout out to Joey Molinaro. He's always mimicking Colin Cowherd in, in his delivery. Uh, I'm trying to think about what Jim Rome would say about this. By, by the way, can I, can I tell you that one of the biggest moments where I was like, all right, man, I've made it enough in, in media at this point was at the Super Bowl in Miami two years ago when Joey Molinaro put out a video where I was one of the impressions that he did. Nice. That was a that was a big that. that was a big moment for me, and he nailed it too. Which I didn't I think my voice was that. mimicable enough, but I was very honored by that. So Joey Molinaro, friend of the program, we'll have to talk to him sometime. But I, I need to be able oh to gosh. tell him in person that that was like a big moment for me in sports media. The fact that he did an impression of me. Yeah, for everyone who's who's like you know just a regular you know uh, housewife or whatever your whatever your normal job or house is, husband. I'm trying to be a stay-at-home dad. Yes. uh, Oh, my gosh. Goals. Um, Joey Molinaro is the Frank Caliendo of the internet, just to give you a blanket term of who we're we're talking about now. But I'm obsessed with impressions, and I want to try to do this real quick. Tom Brady, still playing, already getting set for his job when he hangs up his cleats. He is going to be calling games. Fox Sports. Wowza, money out the ass. They're raining dollars on Tom Brady. He's going to be coming into the booth. Who's he going to be calling game with? Doesn't matter. We don't know. He's going to be the highest paid, higher than me. And we all know I get paid uh, pretty well to do this job. I don't know. I tried. I tried to do it. Honestly, you had you had me going there. Like I'm pretty sure. I, by the way, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady is calling these games with Kevin Burkhart. I think that's who we know oh, in that. Shout out Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, but yeah, no, that was I, that was a really good impression. Actually, how long have you been holding on to a limited fake Jim Rome? I just wanted to try to. I know. I knew if I had to do it, if I like put myself in a position to try, it would be decent. Uh, that was better than decent. I thought that was a pretty good Rome. And again, I I say that having not heard Jim Rome in years. Like, I don't know if I have heard Jim Rome give a take in the seven years that I've been doing this job now. So you've retained that for a long time. And again, like, I, I don't want this to sound disrespectful. Like, Jim Rome deserves every dollar that he's getting. I just, I, I legitimately have not known where to find him for the longest time. I, I mean, CBS HQ, every time I see it, it's like, it, I, it's almost like the, what's that uh, HBO uh, Showtime show during the season inside the NFL? Not inside the NFL. Inside the NFL, is that it? Sure. 
There's a show that is only on HBO or only on Showtime during the season. And it's like, where is this show even coming from? Where are these clips even coming from? It's, H- it's, like it's HBO's Inside the NFL. Inside the NFL. Yeah, exactly. So, But it's, HBO's it's premium cable. CBS is a network. But that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't think... That is on regular TV. Like I think he's streaming. I think he's he's getting them dollars on some Netflix type ish. Like he's getting them takes off and somewhere somewhere shit. Maybe they have a, a deal with iHeartRadio. I don't know. But Jim Rome's is still is giving out his Jim Rome isms, and apparently he's getting paid really really well to do so. Well, all right, Brandon. Speaking of Jim Rome takes on current events here. Why don't we get to this? And we'll we'll talk about this some with Joy, too, because it involves the team that her Miami Heat beat last night. Congratulations to everyone in sports media on getting your money. This is, this is not a show that is going to count somebody else's pockets here. We are going to support everybody getting as much money as they can. Go on and get it Amen. if it is there to take. But, uh, Brandon, uh, one of the takes that we do have to get to, so the Miami Heat put it on the 76ers enthusiastically last night. Absolutely <laughs> whooped up. The game was never really close. It felt like it was more or less a 20-point margin for the entire time here. The final score ended up being 120 to 85. And I know home road splits tend to be a thing. I know that tends to happen, but so much of the criticism coming off last night centered around Joel Embiid. I first heard this from Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA on TNT's halftime show when things weren't going well. And he mentioned he thought that Joel Embiid was focused too much on having just lost the MVP to Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets and said he was letting that distract him and the rest of his team was taking cues from that. Now, we saw after the game, Joel Embiid and media availability got asked about this situation, about the MVP voters in the ward, and he gave a pretty long, detailed answer, basically saying he knew he was going to lose this award weeks ago when Tim Bonteps from ESPN did a straw poll. He said, congrats to Nikola Jokic, and he cited, you know, this could have been a close award. Giannis, you know, Giannis was on one of the best teams in the East and was great. Devin Booker was on the best team in the league. All those guys could have had it. Then he offered up a bit of a criticism of the voters on awards like this, citing Bill Simmons saying F Jalen Green on a podcast, saying that if this can affect guys' ability to get a Supermax when you've got people voting on all-star appearances or all-NBA, this is the type of stuff he doesn't think is fair. And then ultimately finished off basically by saying, you know, he campaigned for the award last year for himself. This year he answered questions about it when he was asked. And he's not sure how he's going to handle it going forward, but ultimately his goal is to win a championship. Brandon, I hope that this doesn't give any credence to what Charles and others were saying because I just, I can't buy into that seeing what Joel has already put himself through during this series just to be out there. He took another shot to the face where that fractured orbital bone, fractured orbital bone under the mask tonight has been dealing with the thumb, had that early enough on in the game and was down for a while. It was not a foul. It was a clean play, but the ball ended up getting knocked right into his face. And I think from there on out, he was playing tentatively in a way that's pretty understandable given what he's dealing with and given how a lot of us would probably react in that. So I have a hard time saying I think Joel Embiid was distracted by anything else other than the many physical ailments he's been dealing with in this series. And then what happens in the NBA pretty often happened. The rest of the role players didn't show up, and James Harden, like we said the other day, has James Harden still in there, but we're not going to see it consistently enough to expect him to come and save the day tonight. 
last night. Right. I, I, I let's. I understand people trying to figure out what was wrong with Joel Embiid tonight, but how about the fact that out of everyone on that court, he was dealing with the biggest injury, or he's he had to work himself up harder and longer than anyone else had to just to be out there. And like you said, it felt like a 20-point deficit the entire time. He was out there getting his ass busted. And he was like, this isn't fun. I'm getting more hurt. I got hit to the face. I maybe got another another uh, uh, broken bone in my face just from being out here. Uh, Bam Adebayo was playing him pretty well the entire game. And he was just he, – he was in his head – and he was hurt. And for the commentators, Chuck, Chuck aside, I think even Grant Hill and them talked about it during the game, about him being upset and start pushing this narrative that he's just in the tank because he didn't win MVP. I believe Joel Embiid. He wants to win championships. That's why he was out there upset because – they were losing, getting their ass busted by a wide margin for a team that they just proved to be competitive against when he's out there on the floor. So I, I think I think a lot of things were going on with him. Uh, thinking about the Joker winning another consecutive MVP was not one of them. No, and I'd say this. like I'm always hesitant to get into the headspace of athletes. You've heard me say it in the last couple of weeks already on this podcast when I don't know for sure. The one thing I'll say is, for Charles and them, they get to talk to people. You know, the guys calling games, you get to talk to people around these organizations. They know enough people there to where there's a lot of things where I'll have conversations with a coach or someone that's involved with a team that I'm not going to say and bring to the media, but that I'm going to use to inform the way I talk about something. I always right. leave room for the fact that maybe that's possible. And they've actually had a conversation where they've heard people close to it say, yeah, no, this is actually bothering Joel, but I have to take everything from where we sit for the most part at face value and at face value that's just not something that I can walk with on this based on what we've seen from Joel Embiid the competitor in similar situations for now multiple years. This dude has been, I tweeted it earlier on in the game, Joel Embiid is Philly as hell. Like him getting back up, he didn't leave the court. And missed time. He didn't miss game action after that hit to the face. Like He stayed out there because that's who he's consistently been. And so I'm going to give him the grace in this spot and say, as Kenny Smith pointed out on that group, if you're a role player on that team and your energy output is solely dictated by what Joel Embiid does, you're missing the mark. And Kenny's a guy who, you know, like you and I, we were role players when we played college football. Kenny said the same thing. He's like, I was never Shaq. I was never Chuck. I was the guy that had to go out there and fight for my, you know, fight for my ways, you know, fight out my fight role in that and fight for my minutes. Yeah. I'm not going to let someone else's energy dictate my actions, and I think he was spot on with that. Joel Embiid is, is just not. It's he's he's in a bad spot. He's in a bad spot. I mean, I think realistically, he's got three more years to win this championship that he cares so much about, but. He got taken out of the game pretty early. That's what I was having trouble, uh, trouble saying. He he got – well, I think it was about – they were down 15 with about nine minutes left in the game, and Joel Embiid was out for the rest of the game. Like, basically, what I'm, I'm talking around the fact that I think Doc Rivers is, is a big problem with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think he's always been uh, outside of the stars that they've had there. And I just I question his decision-making, so much so that – 
his decisions are so questionable that I think the Lakers might be interested in him. So I, I, I think I don't want to I don't want to take the heat away from the head coach and put it all on on Joel Embiid because something's off for that team and that seems to be consistent with most Doc River teams. We'll get into plenty more, and we'll have plenty more time to get into Doc Rivers and his role in coaching, because I don't think you're going to be the only one questioning some of the decisions that Doc made in this game. But if we're going to talk about the Miami Heat going out and blowing the doors off somebody, let's bring in an expert on Heat culture and get ready to talk to Fox Sports' Joy Taylor in just a second. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot in an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GOJO. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code GOJO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, this is a fun moment right here because I'm excited to be co-hosting and working with Brandon right now, but we are going back to his first, his tried and true, mm. the one who knows him as a work spouse a lot better than I do here, Joy Taylor, <laughs> co-host of The Herd, joining us right now. You can also catch The Joy Taylor Show, Saturdays 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports Radio, and... The host of the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast back in the day with Brandon Newman here, my guy, Joy, or as we have to call you now, Dr. Joy Taylor. Is that right? Uh, I'm selective with who I request. Call me doctor. (laughs) I thought it was a catch all. I thought like once you have that title, you just kind of demand that everyone shows you the respect. I mean, I committed to doing the commencement speech for Barry without knowing that I was going to get an honorary doctorate. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously a huge honor, but yes. you know, there are some people who, you know, do go by doctor after getting an honorary doctorate and after doing some more research on it, I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I, might, I, might, I might do it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I might. So what, how it works is when you get an honorary doctorate, it's in space of the time that you would have spent getting an education and earning a doctorate. So it's like for career services, contributions to the community, things that you wouldn't necessarily have done if you were at school earning a doctorate in a traditional fashion. So when you look at it that way, I'm a doctor. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, I'm riding and I respect it. I am not a medical doctor. If anything happens to anyone, call 911. I can't help you. I was going to say, you're, you're going to be on a plane like hand down if they ask for a doctor on the plane, right? Like you're not moving from the seat. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to uh, know how to do anything to your body. And I don't like touching strangers. So I'm of no service in this space. But if you need to know how to launch a podcast, I can help you. I just I just hear some in the background, some turnaround and playing. Does anyone have an honorary doctorate? 
This woman needs to know how to get her stuff on Google Podcast. She's dying back here, folks. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but how was that experience overall? Like going back to the yes. alma mater and getting it. Like, what was your message to the kids back at the place that were your old stomping grounds? So I took it very seriously, um, as you should, as, as I do everything in my career. But this is a serious thing. I never thought about giving a commencement speech before. Like, what would I talk about? Because I didn't think anyone would ever ask me to, to give people advice from the next chapter of their lives. So I really had to think about it for a while. And I had like some drafts, like some ideas I toyed with, you know, like building your team and doing like a sports pun and all that. Um, so I had a couple of different versions, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell stories that I, that I always tell uh, when people ask me to give advice, which um, I, you know, I guess I, I guess I push back on the idea that I'm old enough to give advice, but like, I'm actually kind of old-ish, you know, like I'm in my mid-30s. I feel like I'm old enough to give people advice, at least people who are mostly, you know, 10 to possibly 15 years younger than me, um, graduating from college. So anyway, I, I put together a speech about my experience, you know, how I got to Barry and, you know, some things that I learned while I was there. And I had uh, I had three takeaways. And I wanted to, you know, with lists, lists get too long. You know, you start to kind of lose mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Three is good for lists. Once you like, everyone usually agrees on the top three. You know, it's like it's like it's it's Michael, it's LeBron, it's like it's magic. You know, but sometimes even when you start to get to three, people start getting a little, you know, it's a little weird. Like, oh, is, it, is it Kareem? So I was like, a three yes. is good. Three is a good number. So I said uh, to be generous, to always be generous every day. Give people a little bit of yourself and be generous with yourself. Self-care is important. So just be a generous person whenever you can. Uh, be proud. There's a lot of times in life that you're going to run into situations where people try to uh, dim your light or diminish you or, you know, get you off your path because that's what humans do because we're the worst species. And, you know, and to be flexible because I don't know if you guys are doing the cursing on this podcast. Uh, you have to remind me in the middle. Oh, yeah, you're good. Okay, sorry. Um, because uh, shit's going to get hectic and it changes all the time, constantly, especially in our business. Not that I was giving, you know, specifically our business advice to, you know, students who study a bunch of different things. But that's what life is. I mean, the last few years, we just went through a pandemic. Like, we survived the apocalypse. I did not sign up for that. <laughs> and, you know, we all had to pivot. Like, we're on, we're on you know we're recording on zoom right now this was not even a technology we considered using can you imagine if we had this during the podcast brandon oh my uh, no but we we barely i think we got a i think we got marcus johnson on zoom once and it was like very hard to do <laughs> it was not it was not good <clears throat> but yeah so to, so to be flexible and then also if you want to accomplish anything you have to put 100 percent of your energy into doing it which i think is something that uh, it's the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten, and it changed my life. Uh, and it's a very obvious thing, for the most part. We've all done things. I mean, you guys are both football players. You didn't become D1 football players by, like, sometimes practicing. You know, you worked hard and accomplished something, and you, you dedicate yourself to that. And I think, like, when we become adults and we have these ideas and things we want to do, we think we can, like, compartmentalize it in order to get it done. It's like I've been doing with my taxes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eventually do this. Like, no, just, you just, <laughs> yep. just, just sit down for a day and do your taxes. <laughs> we always try to find these little slivers of things that we're cutting, cutting at. It's just like, if you just dedicate yourself to it, take the time, 
you can do it. You can do literally anything. So um, it was more eloquent than that. It was much more polished and serious than that. But that was the advice that I. I love it, and you talk about giving your all to something. Obviously, you're hosting the herd while Colin's out. That's a little bit of different game than it was when I was when we were both back at Fox together. But it's essentially kind of your same job. So just to jump straight into the 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 bones and the meat of like your job, the media portion of, of your life. How does the job differ when you're sitting in Colin's chair? How do you prepare a little bit different? How's your how's your day different? I, I imagine it can't be too different just because I know how much work you already put into this in prepara- preparation for each and every show. But how does it change just that, that little iota w- when you're in Colin's chair? Well, I get there a little earlier because I'm steering the meeting as opposed to Colin. So oh, yeah, I'm... The prep time is about the same because I'm on the prep call in the morning with Colin regardless. Um, Colin Colin does a little bit longer of a meeting. I don't really like to. Um, well, first of all, I talked to the producer the night before pretty extensively. <clears throat> so we have most of the show stacked. There's not a whole lot that's going to happen between the hours of, you know, 12 midnight on the East Coast and six in the morning on the West Coast. Sometimes, but most of the time it's we have a pretty solid show already stacked. And we're just ironing out details. And I like to give the graphics people a little, you know, a little extra time to get things done. We're doing a TV show too. So um, as you guys know, any extra, you know, stuff you can give your producers ahead of time is, is good for everybody. But yeah, so I get in there a little bit earlier because normally I'll get in around 730. So I'll get in around 630 to host the meeting. And, you know, I'm, I'm picking the topics. So for the, for the meat of the show, I mean, obviously I do Herdline. So I pick all the topics for Herdline. But I'm just picking, I'm picking different topics. I also am very involved in the the guest booking for the the shows. Um, so so yeah. So from that regard, it's it's a little different. But it's you know it's not really different other than having the meetings with the producers that I do for the Saturday show. I mean, Saturday show is a two hour show, so I don't have a you know a big meeting with a bunch of producers to do the Saturday show. But it's like similar prep. Well, obviously, tomorrow is going to be a pretty easy one for you guys, or today, I should say, going to be a pretty easy one for you guys coming off. We know big all things Miami fan, especially big Heat culture fan. So what did you take away from that win? Because they blew the doors off basically from the jump. Joel Embiid did not look himself the entire night. That Sixers team looked deflated. But what did you take from it on the Heat side? Uh, Well, you know, it's just culture. It's just culture. It is important. Oh, that's it. It's just culture. <laughs> just boil it down. No, uh, look, I mean, the Heat, the Heat are obviously a team that people don't consider to be real contenders because they don't have a Joel Embiid. They don't have a Giannis um, or a Steph Curry. Uh, I want to actually put Joel Embiid in that in that category, actually, because Joel has not won a championship. So let's, you know, a, a Giannis or a Steph Curry. Um and I, I think that's kind of unfair when you look at the rest of the teams in the postseason right now. I mean, the Heat were in a championship, a, a, a finals against the Lakers two years ago. So, um, you, you know, they were. They were. If it was your team, yeah. then you would say that they were a champion yeah. in the Lakers. The Lakers won a championship. Yeah, they did. Um, an unconventional championship, but uh, a championship nonetheless. Everybody else had the same opportunity to go in there and win. They did not. 
And I actually think uh, we don't have to talk about the bubble, but regardless, uh, the Heat are a good team. They're a well-coached team. You're seeing all the teams in the postseason right now that are remaining are well-coached for the most part, which we're going to do with the Sixers in a moment, and well-run, um, and don't all necessarily have those superstars leading the team. Like Jimmy Butler, to me, is one of the best two-way players in the game. I mean, he shows that night in and night out. He doesn't get the credit for it because he's not in the MVP conversation. He's not a spectacular scorer. The Heat focus more on defense necessarily than they do, you know, Splash Brothers type of basketball, although they are a great three-point shooting team outside of several games this series. Mm. Um, but they got together. So, you know, it's, it's not terribly surprising to me. Also, the South Beach flu is a real thing. So... Ah, so that's what that's that was your as a, as now Doctor Joy Taylor. That was your official diagnosis for the 76ers? Um, not for all of the 76ers. I don't think for uh, I don't think for Joel Embiid. And it actually it it sucks for Joel Embiid that he's so banged up because I thought it was the MVP this season that he got robbed, and and it's and it's unfortunate. I think you're seeing now with the Sixers him not being 100. percent You saw what happened when he wasn't out there that just you know how crucial he is for this team and they didn't have any juice at all against the heat in this game and um you know i i I, it it might still go seven you know philly is a hard place to play as long as the heat don't shoot 20 from three i think they'll be fine but you know i wouldn't be surprised if it's still a long series the Sixers are a good team and they just didn't, they did not bring it tonight, which is, you know, I, I don't really understand that. I don't understand how you walk into a postseason game and not have any juice. Like, where do you point to that? I, I, I guess it's, I guess it's Joel Embiid, but he, you know, he's banged up. Like, I can't really lay that at his feet. He is, he's dragging himself out there. Also, I don't like the narrative that's going on on Twitter right now from the likes of uh, your cohort of, of people that say that. Joel Embiid just in his feelings because he didn't win MVP. Well, I saw like, Charles this, this, was running with that. Yeah. Who, who, who's having that conversation? I mean, I, I Char- saw the Stephen A. Smiths of the world. I saw who else? I did. I heard Charles Barkley say that on TNT's post game show on Inside the NBA, which I was stunned. He was the one that had led with. I think Joel is too concerned about how the MVP race with, and I couldn't have disagreed more on that. The guy got hit in the face in the orbital bone that he had broken early in that game and looked out of sorts. And as Kenny brought up on that, if you're a role player on that team or one of the non-Joel Embiid players, your energy should not be dictated by him. Like you should, Your energy should be dictated by your desire to stay in the league and continue to have a role on this team. Yeah, I agree with I agree with that part a hundred percent. I mean, you you kind of you're going to take some direction from your leader, obviously, which Joel Embiid is. But I mean, if you see that he's down, you got to pick it up. Like that's that's what you know veterans are there for. That's that's kind of your purpose as a role player to be able to be inserted and give that juice when things aren't going well. Like next man up. But I don't I don't think Joel Embiid's. Um, lack of energy or you know focus in this game had anything to do with the MVP it is what it is you know you you didn't win Jokic was perfectly deserving of the MVP I just think that he wasn't the MVP this year I think it was I think it was Joel Embiid but we're we're we're, we're splitting hairs here like there's also Giannis who 
oh, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, it's not really like a, a an outrageous debate. It's just an opinion thing. So I don't think he's bothered by that. I think his face is broken and his <laughs> thumb is broken and he's got like something else going on too. So, you know, I, I feel for him. He's always injured in the postseason. He works really hard. He's a, he's a great guy, great personality. And I'd like to see him have some success, not against the Heat, but, you know, in general. And I would feel better about the Heat beating the Sixers if they were at 100%. Um, because I'm, a, you know, I'm a true champion. Okay. Joy true. Taylor, a true champion. Put that one on a shirt. Doctor. Excuse me, Derek. Wait. Now, Joy. Speaking of uh, champions, I, I, I wanna, I wanna ask it like this because everyone in sports media and in sports in general was losing their minds seeing the reported contract numbers for Tom Brady, who. It was reported that after he retires from football, we'll head over to Fox to be their lead game analyst to the tune of 10 years and $375 million, which just going to take a moment to bask in that because won't he do it? It's a shame that nothing good has ever happened to Tom Brady. But my question for you, Joy, is obviously he is going to you know technically be a teammate of yours over at Fox. Would you prefer that, or would you have preferred the Dolphins finding a way to get Tom Brady onto that roster when all of those rumors were flying around? Um, oh, that's a tough question. I mean, Tom Brady playing for the Dolphins would have been pretty incredible, mm-hmm. uh, especially considering as much as I love Brian Flores, that Sean Payton would have been there. I mean, I'm not going to see the Dolphins win the Super Bowl in my lifetime. I've Ooh. submitted to that. Um, that's, and that's the big of you. Yeah, I mean, what's the way? This is the lifestyle, right? That that I live in. And so, and and, <laughs> and when you look at how that all fell apart, it's like, man, you could have had Tom Brady and Sean Payton, mm. and you just could you just couldn't help yourself. You couldn't help yourself. How do you fumble that bag? You know, the dolphins. Um, the dolphins, right? Only the dolphins could could mess that up that badly. But uh, regardless, uh, I'm, I'm happy that Tom Brady is, Tom Brady is my coworker now, which is an amazing flex. And, um, you know, maybe it's because he saw that he would be working at a place that has a doctor on the air, that <laughs> it was like an extra cell for Fox. Um, no, I think it's, I think it's exciting. I think it's really cool, actually. I, I and we got an answer on what Tom Brady is going to do after football, which we've been talking about forever. And, he, you know, had the short retirement, which I obviously clearly was tied into the Dolphins situation and things fell apart, but it makes sense. And he's a very, you know, for all the jokes or whatever, like a very dedicated guy, obviously, I don't think he's going to walk into this and try and wing it. He loves to watch film, which is a big part of that job. And he's Tom Brady. Like what, what, what wouldn't, what, check wouldn't you run <laughs> to get Tom Brady to be in the booth if that's especially because that's clearly what he wants to do like this is not a is job that you're like yeah he's Tom Brady can do anything he wants it's Tom Brady he could do anything he wants if he wants to go paint paint walls for a living someone's going to pay him the most amount of money to be Tom Brady the wall painter like he's going to do whatever it is Tom Brady wants to do so, and this is not a, as you know, this is not a job you just like casually do. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to call the, the most watched game every single weekend on Fox sports. 
like for fun. No, <laughs> like this is a, this is clearly what he wanted to do. And whether he always wanted to do it or not, I don't think is the case. Like maybe he's, he's been getting much more into the media since he's gotten to Tampa Bay. He's got a movie. He's got the podcast. Like he's been a whole new different Tom. So it's, it's not surprising that now this is what he wants to do. And he knows the, what goes into this. He's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to be bad. That I am not worried about. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that to be the effect. Cause my issue is I don't care. Count money, whatever Tom Brady's going to get the bag for everything that he's contractually obligated to do. It's not even worth discussing whatever right. he wants. Right. But him getting the most of the bag for something that he, knows the least about doing i do have a little bit of issue with and i and i i do think that i think there's probably more of a question from the fox sports people of who's going to call this super bowl in 2022 and 2024 uh more so than well, it is. Too, he's gonna be playing right okay yes but they, I'm not, they, I'm not, they like, got maybe, a lot of eyes maybe on he'll be playing in the super bowl who knows but like he's not he's gonna play this year he might play another year after that so we don't even know when he's retiring they i lost was their star pack they lost their star power though it, like I, tony romo being tony romo in the booth was more of a, a a slam dunk than i think tom brady being tom brady in the booth Ooh, like i don't wow. know what tom brady brings to a game calling he's, a specific well, he's the greatest player of all time so there's that start with that okay he's the greatest player of all time and he is a dedicated person if he was somebody that was like yeah you know i kind of do this sometimes and i kind of do that and you know like maybe i'm gonna dabble in gardening and i'm really into succulents right now then i would be concerned but this is a person that is obsessively dedicated to football to playing football he's in his 475th year in the league so it's not like this guy doesn't fully enjoy the sport right he has nothing left to prove he surpassed not only every single player but every single franchise in rings so i it's this is a this is a job that requires a great amount of dedication you need to be wired to do that and i i actually think he is that kind of that kind of person and i'm interested to hear from tom like i'm interested to hear what tom brady has to say about the game we don't really get that perspective from him like we've gotten stories we've gotten um you know documentaries behind the scenes things like that but we haven't gotten football stuff from tom really like it's all like secrets i mean we got nothing when he was in new england like that was never happening you were never revealing your secrets of the death star and now he's been much more open but it's still not really like football stuff you know it's it's his personality it's his brand it's the tiktoks which which i think is great like i love that we're now getting to know tom brady more like we all had this idea of tom brady for the longest time that I I don't even know was accurate really. Like I think he I think he made the most of a situation that didn't maybe necessarily fit his personality, or maybe it did when he first came in the league, being a sixth round pick, and he went to this very rigid organization that kind of fit him and his you know his growth and ascension to the player that he was when he left New England. And now you know he's a dad and a you know, husbands and a huge brand. And now he's able to like live and thrive in his personality. I can't wait till we see that from Belichick. I mean, can you imagine we get drunk mm. Belichick, like tipsy off a couple uh, scotches giving stories when he's free, when he's like able to do that and he's away from the game. Like it's going to be fantastic. 
God, the amount of money I'd pay for the V Foundation auction item of getting drunk with Bill Belichick when he's done. He's a hoot, man. You ever see him in like Halloween mode? Oh, Halloween mode, Joy, and I think lacrosse mode. When you get him on those things, he opens up like a flower. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Belichick is definitely, he definitely has a wild side. It's like I can see him and Saban like getting getting drunk on a a, a Connecticut uh, like beach home when it's nice in Connecticut for like two days out of the year. Is there beaches in Connecticut? <laughs> there are there are beaches in Connecticut. Oh yeah, I listen. It'd be down it's in Old Lyme. There'd be a great one down there in Norwalk or Mystic. They'd have a great spot picked out. You're right. I do not know that part of the country well. I think, um, I think so, you're yeah. giving, honestly, you're lucky. You you guys are giving. <laughs> You guys giving credit for Tom Brady for just being a resident of Florida. I really just think that Tom Brady is just like embracing the Florida lifestyle. I don't I, want to talk about Tom Brady anymore because he's a quarterback and he's the best of them. So whatever. Uh, are you wearing? Just, are you wearing the uh, yes. Willie Beeman jersey? Yes, I am. Oh wow! <laughs> so how are you going to say yes, you don't want to talk about quarterbacks then? Well, you know, you know, black quarterbacks are a different story. Um, uh, but I, I wish that, I was that was one of our all-time uh, best costumes. Yeah. Um, from the makeup crazy. Now, okay, so if we were to rank them though, because we we did do Willie Beeman and I I was coach. He was and Al Pacino. Yes. Al Pacino, and yes. uh, I gave a very compelling speech: the inches with the fingernails, and the claw with the inches. Mm. But our Larry David was approved by actual Larry David. Wow. What? That happened? I never told you that. Well, Ooh, yours wasn't. Yeah. Mine was. Okay, okay. I was I was Leon, so, you know. Yeah, you're Leon. I imagine, JB, I imagine JB Smooth gave me the, you know, tip of the cat. But you were Larry? Larry? Talk? Larry what? Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's not a big deal, but Larry thinks I'm funny, and... I got news. If Larry, Larry thinks you're funny... funny you're funny. funny. Like, like that's the, that's that's the law of land. I mean, who who the hell's gonna tell me I'm not funny if Larry David thinks I'm funny? No one. So what happened was I can't believe I never told you the story. I was probably too excited to, to like tell anybody. So um yeah, I I I have a friend that knows Larry, and I dressed as the the Larry David Fatwa disguise. You remember that episode? Yes. So that episode was huge around Halloween that year, whatever year, 10 score <laughs> and seven years ago. I don't remember what it was, but 2018, maybe. Sure. Sounds good. And uh, so I dressed up, I dressed up as Larry in the Fatwa disguise. And I, I mean, I nailed this costume. It was, pretty it was, cool. it was chef's kiss. It's some of my best work. Uh, and I sent it to my friend that, that knows him and they, they were like, oh, I got to like, I didn't send it with the intention of them telling Larry. I was just like, you'll think this is funny. And they sent it to, they sent it to Larry and he was like, amazing, which is oh. the ultimate compliments that can be paid. Yes. I felt it when you said it. I was like, wow, wow. you said amazing. Yeah. So basically I'm the funniest person on earth and nobody can tell me different. I'm a doctor and I'm hilarious. A hilarious doctor who was also part of the incentive for Tom Brady to come over to Fox. You want dynamic? Joy is a chameleon. I do my best. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. Okay. Okay, so I have two questions there. One's more football. One's more personal. Which one do you want? Just just in in, in the, the, uh, was it the likeness of time? 
In the, which, 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 in the interest, interest of time? time? The okay, interest of time. Yeah. Interest. I like likeness better. Name, image, and likeness. Uh, personal or football, Joy? Uh, let's do personal. I'll take personal. Mike has this written down, and I'm just going to take it from him. Uh, when did you first, when did you and I first meet? Or when was your first, like, recollection of, mm. of, 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 of meeting, uh, you know, another hilarious, you know, not doctor, but I have my master's, you know, you know, whatever. Uh, mm. Double, double degreed up over here. But yes, uh, when do we meet? Or when do you remember meeting me? Um, I don't think it's the first time that we met. But we were at the radio station at Sherman Oaks. Oh, yes. Um, Colin <laughs> and I were doing a radio only show. I was filling it, in. I wasn't on the show full time. It wasn't. It wasn't. Was it wasn't in. Colin. Oh, it then was, it was it Mark. Was, it was Mark Willard. No. Who did, no. Who did, I, who did I produce for? Who are you producing for? You were producing who, for Wedlock. Right. It was, it was, it was, I, I believe, I believe you were, you were doing her line and Whitlock was doing Whitlock for the hurt. No, cause I didn't, I didn't, we didn't do a show together. So I was, Willard was probably filling in for Colin uh, if you were okay. there and then maybe, uh, maybe Jason was doing a show after okay. um, that, but cause you were in studio with, uh, with Sharif. Oh yes. Sharif Ali. Mm-hmm. And um, resident Cowboys fan. Yeah, and then you ended up doing a lot of the social for the Facebook Live show that I had eons I ago. Did. I did. That was that was a good time. I, I, was... I trusted you enough to give you my phone and my password. Wow. Oh my yeah. god. That was, a big, that was a big step. Also, took way too many pictures. Uh, in hindsight, that. why didn't you just take pictures on your own phone and then text them to me or like airdrop them? Because you just handed me my phone. I wouldn't be like, okay, Joy, how about you keep that? And No, I was going live from your account. That's what was going on. That's right. That's, That's why what was going on. I was going live from your account, getting the sights and sounds. Uh, yeah, I there thought, was no way I was turning over my account to uh, anyone. Oh, yeah, the, 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 let's not name drop any, any of those names. I, I was thinking, because I, I was I was thinking, because I've heard you reference this one time. That you and uh, that you and Nick Wright were doing uh, two truths in a video, very oh short lived, <laughs> very short lived in bump out bump series. Nick and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> two truths, two truths in a video, and you guys were prepping with uh, Gabe Goodwin, child to Gabe, in a room, mm-hmm. and it was just you and Gabe prepping for this two truths in a video, and I busted in, and I was like, oh, like I just want to talk to Gabe, and I was like, oh, my bad. Like he's in here with joy. Let me close the door. And, and Gabe was like, "No, you're in here. Like, what? What do you have?" And you were like, "Yeah, like, what, what's up?" And I was like, "Oh man!" And I and it was a little bit embarrassing because it was a picture. I had recently cut my hair, and I put the the clippings of my hair in the freezer, and what? without telling Michelle, and Michelle had take took a picture of it. It sent it to me when I was at work and I wanted to show Gabe and I show I ended up having to show you and Gabe. And at that point in time, I figured like you was like, OK, this dude is, is just like crazy. But uh, why did you do that? I know you yeah. explained to me in the moment and I 100 percent asked you why you did that in that moment. But I never remembered. Yeah. Why did you do that? Uh, people save their hair, right? No, it's one of the weirdest things you've ever said. And that's I mean, 
that is a gauntlet of things. <laughs> but well, I'm mad I gave you the option for the what personal. In that the is, entire this hell, this entire, this last thing it was like it was like chunks of hair that was in his freezer. Yeah, next is mango waffles. Okay. I don't know. I like, so, I like to surprise Michelle. I like to keep it spicy. In our so relationship. now, so now that I know I'm working with what I'd imagine is a serial killer in his spare time, Joy, is there yeah. any advice you have for surviving a work relationship with Brandon Newman? Because now after hearing this, I'm very worried. Yeah, I mean, you also got to be careful for the feet. The feet are a situation. Oh, God. Like, Brandon is going to put his feet somewhere <laughs> around your vicinity at some point while you're working together. I've seen the bottom, like the, the bottom heel oh. of, of Brandon's, Brandon's feet. Listen, no, don't Four do that. Times he's, than- do you have nasty dragon feet too, Brandon? No, I listen, I have, I have done my work. I have done my work on my feet. They look more normal former football player than dinosaur former football player. And Mike... I don't want to hear about feet. You got you got office alignment feet. Bro, I, I got imagine. no, I got nice ass feet. Oh god. You've been you've been these you, things are beautiful. Yeah, you like right? LeBron James. You've been but spending do you, some do, coin do you on that get, feet. Do you get regular pedicures? I don't get regular pedicures, but I've gotten enough to be like in the system sort of thing where I walk right. in, I know what I like, and you know, I there I usually don't hear a lot of muttering when they gotta bring out the scraper for my feet. So I take that. So, yeah, so the trick is like you gotta go get this is for the men. Um, women, if you don't get pedicures at least semi regularly, I don't know what you're doing, but I mean, wow. I like I, I, everybody doesn't like to have their nails done. Like, and some people can't. Like, you know, depending on what job you have, like you can't have your nails done. But your your feet are like a thing. I have a, lots of theories about bad feet with women, mm-hmm. and it's just not. You should not be walking around with some claws down there. It's unacceptable behavior. Men, you guys don't think about your feet as much. It's like, I I think if you're a man, like if you get a pedicure once every like month and a half, you're good. Month and a half. I was going to say two two months. Huh? I was going to say once a quarter and pat myself on the back. What are you talking about? I mean, it depends on, it depends on your, it depends on how much you take care of your feet. True. Like if you take care of your feet, no, you don't need to get uh, pedicures that often. But if your feet are, you know, if your feet are a situation, which some people's feet are a situation. See, this is coming full circle back to our conversation about the dentist. If you take good care of your teeth more often than not, when you go to the dentist, it's not going to be that bad. You don't, you, know, you can do your, you know, once every six months or whatever it's supposed to be, but you don't got to go too often to get it cleaned up here. But if you're not taking care of your mouth, you're going to go in there and it's going to be foobar. Well, it's like anything else. Like it's maintenance. You know, if you do the maintenance, then you don't have to do the haul. Like working out, which I'm trying to convince myself is something that I should do more regularly. Like if you don't, if you keep working out consistently, then you don't have to, you know, go on a crash diet and do annoying things like go to, you know, CrossFit or something to shock your body. That's that's fun though. But Enjoy does have the the secrets. I remember when we were first going on YouTube, when we first started doing Maybe I'm Crazy, Joy was working on Undisputed with uh, Skip and Shannon and our episodes would get uploaded to the YouTube channel. So we were getting hundreds of thousands of views and people were just like, and I was even worse than I am today. So people were just like spending at least a, a lot of comments talking about me. The only ones that really bothered me was like, dude's teeth look like lemonade. And I was like, okay, Joy, what do you do about, <laughs> should I get my teeth white? Not the lemonade <laughs> teeth. 
Oh, so, so there was, I'm telling you, like the very early, early beginnings of, of this grind, uh, Joy has been a great mentor, uh, a great partner, a great friend. Uh, and I told you to stop reading those damn comments also. Yes, you, and then I just got deeper into comments, the game. Now my job, now my job is to read comments. No, I feel like I can't. YouTube comments and Facebook comments are, Ooh. they are the vortex of insanity. Like it's, it's not a good place to, to spend your time. That's where well, people now, are really dedicated to, to like, to digging in the thing. I, I feel like the, I feel like the new Twitter comments are the old Facebook comments though. And you are Queen Petty and you constantly clap back. You're, you be putting people on notice. Like what? How, how, how do you tell block. me to get off the comments? But you, but you are just Leonidas uh, <laughs> in in these comments. Like this is Sparta. <laughs> I, I block a lot of people. I choose I choose violence far less than I than I choose blocking. Because sometimes I just be tired. And like I I'm not even getting into it with this idiot. It's blocking time. Goodbye. And that's really that's really where it's it, this is Sparta. Because once I block you, you're never coming back. You're going to have to take the time to go on ahead and make you a new account and start it all over again, honey. So, so just you're, you're living, you're, you're living for me at this point, which is really what it is. But um, I don't know. I think, I think the whole troll thing has become like, it's, it's become a really fascinating lifestyle to me. Like I really want mm -hmm. to, to meet one of these people. Ooh, I do. Like, I got like a know. dedicated shit poster. Yeah, like I gotta know where where it went wrong for you because it's like all jokes aside, obviously these people are vile and you know whatever. But it's just it's really fascinating to me. Like I've never had so much time on my hands that I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a fake account and troll Jayla. Like I, what? Like where, where there's so many options. There's so many things to do in life. There's so many things to do. You go for a walk, you could get into pottery. You could like watch TV, you know, you could do push up. There's so many things you could do besides that life choice. And yet somehow you landed on that. And I just think it's, I got to know from one of these people, what happened to you that you were like, this is the choice I'm going to make today on Tuesday. How, how'd you get there? Walk me through it. Maybe we can reverse this because I don't, I, it's, it, it really is fascinating to me. It's a really interesting lifestyle choice because it's so pointless and fruitless and pathetic and weird. And it's so many negative things. What's the win? What is your win here? Do you actually feel better saying terrible things to other people? If so, maybe it's time for a therapist, you know? See that I mean, really, the advice at the end of all of this is you talk about maintenance, go to therapy. It's it, mm. it's is never going to be a bad result on the other side of that if you just go and do the work on yourself. Yeah. And I mean, we all can do that. We there's maintenance that we do on every other part of our body and you know, everything. Our brain's pretty important. And maybe you should go to therapy so you don't end up being a Twitter troll, because that seems like the worst fate. That is uh, that is some seventh circle of hell type shit right there. So when uh, when Joy Taylor joins us next time, Doctor Joy Taylor, we're gonna have Thank to track you. down a troll. We'll do the deep dive investigative interview on this and try and get into the psyche 
of an internet troll. But uh, in the meantime, you guys are going to get to watch her on the herd for the rest of the week, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the Joy Taylor show 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the weekends on Saturday. Joy, we appreciate you coming by. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Congrats on the show. And um, Brandon is a great co-host and, a, and a, a great friend, as you know. So you guys will will do a great show. I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys grow it. And I'm um, excited for you. Thank you. Thank you, Joy. And also, I don't. I heard you call yourself the J-Lo woman of sports. I just heard that. They don't know if we... The J-Lo of sports? You kind of you kind of said you kind of called yourself the J Lo. Oh, making an accountant troll. No, she was just saying like making accountant troll J Lo. I don't think she would like now. Do I want to be the J Lo of sports? I mean, it's it. it, I mean, it's not a bad place to be. No, I I feel like I'd like to be the J Lo of sports. I think yeah, but I feel like that's a lot of responsibility, like body wise, to be the J Lo of sports. I certainly don't have the ass for it, so (laughs) that's off the table. Um, ah. you, got, you got to beef with another, another, another queen diva because the the J Lo Mariah Carey beef is just I live for that. I could, I actually, I I could, I could sign up for being Mariah Carey. There we go. Mariah Carey makes what does she make like a million every December, like just off of um all I want for Christmas. Christmas. All I want for Christmas. God, I mean, look, J Lo J Lo's got some bread also. Um. Taylor gets married a lot. It's a lot of work. I you know, like get married stuff. That is. That's no one's got time for that much marriage. So many marriage. It's so much planning. Right. Like so many, just... it's so many choosing of the colors on the table for oh. the reception. So many swatches. So many swatches. Oh. Imagine the swatches. <laughs> Jail must have. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think I'll go. I could be the Mariah Carey sports. I could do that. We go the Mariah Carey of sports that that one that one fits nice that feels right yeah diva you know I'll be wearing like clothes that are for twenty year olds when I'm like fifty yeah do it. whoever it's whoever you decide whoever you decide to have children with everybody's gonna be like why children okay. Nick Cannon I was, th- I was doing the Nick Cannon I was who's doing the Nick diva Cannon. that doesn't have any kids that's the diva <laughs> <laughs> who's that diva. But there might not be many of them. I got to do some research. Yeah, we can get our we can get the diva power rankings next time we're on here. Yeah, I got to think about that one because that's actually the that's the person I want to be. Yeah, I've got enough. I've got enough nieces and nephews. I got twelve. There's more on the way eventually. I'm getting so. I'm getting ready for for nephew number one. So I'm getting ready. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, July little guys coming. Jackson Golick. That that's a great name. Oh, nice. Uh, that's exciting. It's the best. And you're going to make a great uncle. Um, it's really fun. Be- being an auntie is, uh, and I'm an OG auntie because I have a great niece now. So I oh, am yeah. I am a certified auntie. I need a fan everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm committed uh, to get as drunk as I want at any um, family function. See, that's the one I'm looking forward to taking advantage of is like, oh, yeah, Uncle Mike's just drunk again. Don't worry about him. Like, Yeah, once you become an aunt or an uncle – you are excused from a, a certain level of decorum that you have to maintain. Cause you're like, you're like mm-hmm. too young to like be the one that's, that's fussy at the events and stuff mm-hmm. like doing your own thing. But once you're an honor uncle, uncle, you're like, eh, no, no, it's not on me. You know, I'm, I'm the wild one with no children. And then I can just like go do your thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to I, teach them like how to cuss and everything. I'm supposed yeah. to be the one like giving them their first sip of booze when that time comes. Like that's my I role. Thought all my nieces had a drink. Yes. 
Well, not all, because I still have, I have one that's too young to drink. But all the ones that are old enough to drink, I taught how to drink. And they are excellent drinkers. Valuable public service. The, yes. doc- the doctor makes house calls. That's the lesson. <laughs> the doctor makes house calls. Oh, my God. Too funny. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, Joy. We appreciate our time here. Awesome stuff. Big thanks again to Joy Taylor for hanging out with us. Brandon, uh, I learned some interesting things about you now that I'm not going to be able to really unsee or unhear in my mind. Mike, I I don't... Yes, you may have heard some things. You may have thought about some things like, oh, that's interesting. Mike, between you and I, the things that we've done to... Nah, nah, I'm going to say... <laughs> Whoa, <I'm- laughs> I just want to go on record to say it. I don't know what he was getting at there. All I'm saying, all I was trying to get at was uh, the locker room is a is a is a dangerous place, and the amount of times that I've like during camp, where I was like, Mike, I got to poop. Come on, like I just want company in the stalls next to me. Oh, like, like yeah. we do things that like that are already just so weird, and it's just like when other people are watching, it gets weirder. You know what Listen, I mean? having right. stall having stall buddies is perfectly normal, and I will defend that till my dying day. Putting your buzzed hair in the freezer for your wife to find isn't normal, and that's pre criminal behavior. And I want to check in later and make sure that Michelle is safe tonight. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Stall buddies, right. normal. Hair in the freezer, not so normal. Got it. You know what is normal on this show, Brandon? What's that? This, that, and the third. Ooh. Let's finish this off the right way here and start off with this, Brandon. This courtesy of Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN senior writer. A man fulfills his fantasy football wager by entering the U.S. Open qualifier and shooting a 112, 40 over 112. So John Eckert's fantasy football team was bad last fall. He was the last place in the Shiva League, which meant that as the loser in that uh, league, he would have to play in the local qualifier for the U.S. Open. He paid off his debut at Oakwood Country Club in Kansas City, Missouri. He is 26 years old and shot a 40 over 112. And Brandon, all things considered... I'd feel all right about that. Like I'm going to shoot in the mid to high nineties, like most golfers on any halfway decent course. If he's playing a U.S. Open qualifier, that means there's some legit sticks out there. And so I got to say, like 112, not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, I mean, is this? And forgive me for using this incorrectly. If it's not, is this a, is is this guy a scratch golfer? Uh, no, he's definitely not a scratch golfer if he okay. went this far over. Like, okay, okay, okay. But, like, again, he's like probably most of us. And so, walking out in this situation, it's pretty impressive. He said, The nerves started to calm down after I settled into the round. I managed to par three of my last five holes. And after those holes, my confidence skyrocketed. If this were a two round qualifier, the field may have been in trouble. So he walked out of there. He walked out of there like every other golfer, Brandon, needing just enough success. Like you need a birdie on 17 in every round to come back. And this guy got that and then some. So he's, I think, going to puff his chest out pretty proudly after this experience. Oh, yeah. This is a, this. This is after you uh, leave a, a hot shot at the arcade, shout out to David Busters, and you like set the new high scoring accent. You was like, wait a minute now. Maybe you I look up go- all of a sudden, you're like, huh? Yeah, maybe I need to go home and work on this elbow rotation and this follow through. 
Like maybe I'm maybe I'm out here really good at this. This did, by the way, make me also think that when it comes to football season, we're going to need to find something to bet on. And I think the loser of that bet should have to go back and do a pro day the day after Notre Dame's pro day next year. That is full pro day. So cruel. 40 vert bench. You got to do some position drills like you've got to get legit safe. You've got to actually train to do a pro day. I think that's going to be whatever our first bet is on. I think that's got to be it. Okay, how about this though? To take it a little step further, I think they should do. I think we should do a wide receivers pro day. Okay, that's fine. You, you know what? I will say, Brandon, <laughs> the, the position, any, the position drills, any <laughs> position that wasn't your own in college will yes. be the one you do. So okay. when like we find that. when we find a circumstance worthy of betting, that is what we are going to go for here. <laughs> but uh, Brandon, in the meantime, we have bigger fish to fry because this is that. This. Thing. Mm. This is that. The House panel, a House panel will hold the first public hearing on UFOs in decades. It will focus on, so this is next Tuesday, for the first time in over 50 years, a House panel in D.C. with a focus on the Pentagon program that was established last year after U.S. intelligence community released a preliminary assessment on 144 reports of unidentified aerial phenomena since 2004 and could only explain one of them. The House Intelligence Committee's Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, Counterproliferation will hold the public hearing May 17th at 10 a.m. It will be followed by a closed classified hearing in the Pentagon program known as the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. Wow, there are a lot of acronym named on this one, but the long story short is, Brandon, this was a quote from Dem- Indiana Democratic Representative Andre Carson said, the American people expect and deserve their leaders in government and intelligence to seriously evaluate and respond to any potential national security risks, especially those we do not fully understand. Like, Brandon, this feels like every once in a while we get a bunch of headlines around aliens and because of the rest of gestures wildly at everything going on in the world right now, we yes. just sort of put it off to the side in a way that wouldn't have happened when we were kids. Yeah, my whole thing is where they've been at for the last fifty years. Everybody been on vacation. I know there've been some uh, some unidentified objects floating around that needed some a deeper dive. They just like okay, like we just put everything in uh, Area Fifty One, and and just let the Area Fifty One crew take care of it. Y'all need to be meeting when these aliens stop by and take pictures. I, I we got we got to figure out. Some, we know what we need a mole. We need a we need a we need a mole. We need a spy. We need a KGB American version for the aliens. We need to get somebody behind their walls. We no, you know what we need is we just need that day to come by again when everyone talks about rushing Area Fifty Run, Area Fifty One, and doing Naruto runs up yes. there so that you can dodge the bullets. We need that day back because that was one of the best days in internet history. So if nothing comes out of this house committee meeting on this, let it be that the group of people on the internet decide that they want to try and storm area 51 again. I hundred percent agree. Quick question for you. How do you feel about our government taking aliens seriously? I feel like some people have different, uh, different well, takes on this. 
I understand that like some people are going to say we have obviously very real threats going on in the world currently and that there are some very serious crises going on. So I understand prioritizing Earth matters right now because there are a lot of them. We have bleeped this place up pretty badly. That being said, like everyone should take aliens seriously because they're real. Like there should be some sincerity in that because they're very real. Like it's just yes. it's just a math problem. And uh, the solution th is aliens. Uh, don't hold the title of the podcast against us, but Joy and I, on maybe I'm crazy, talked about this a lot. Like they they could be listening right now. And shouts out to y'all. Uh, we come in peace. We ain't even tripping. We don't even know what y'all mad at about, about. Like, but we would just love the conversation before having to. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up somewhere else new. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get brief me before I end up on an alien ship. You know what Amen. I'm saying? Or at least some take, take some pictures so I don't seem so crazy when I tell other people about it. Big ups to the aliens listening right now. We're in the building. We'll keep a basement. Yeah. It's all good around here. We love you guys. <laughs> and we love giving you this, that, and the third. And Brandon, this is something I really want your opinion on as a married man. Because okay. I saw this headline pop up today and take over the internet. A man proposed at an airport security check-in line. This man got down on one knee to propose at the Reno Tahoe International Airport in Nevada at the security check-in line. Mm. Brian popped the question to his girlfriend, Jenna, as they stood in line without their shoes off, having their bags screened. TSA got snapshots of this and posted this to their Instagram page because why not? It's great for TSA. It's probably the best pub that they're going to get in a while. And apparently this guy planned this out before. Brian reached out to management at the airport about popping the question to his girlfriend, Jenna. And they said, obviously, again, great pub for TSA. We can't think of a safer place to propose than in the security line. But if this isn't your first choice, we have something we'll honor. So, Brandon, where are you at on proposing, not just in public, but in line for TSA? I feel like it's... it's, it's extremely rude and selfish and and one-sided and i men who propose okay the florida state offensive lineman who proposed after a, a big upset last year uh do you remember that he proposed to his cheerleading girlfriend after yep. a huge upset it, they shouldn't have lost that game he was prepared he did it anyway special for both of them a field that they're both on you know what I mean? Are these two people, do they have timeshares in, in, in Reno, Nevada? Like, why is this TSA line in Reno, Nevada so special? Y'all not even pre-check because y'all got your shoes off. Like, this is there's no part about proposal during it. There's nothing about the TSA process that I think deserves to be made special by dropping down on one knee and proposing. Like, literally, either when you before you check your bags, like before you get to the TSA lane, TSA line, or like immediately after everyone goes to the bathroom, like or get to your gate, like this is just it just doesn't seem like a well thought out plan. It seems impulsive, and I feel like proposing as it should be, as the love should be impulsive in a specific way. The the planning should not be. You should have that thing out to the T. I'm just, I have a lot of questions about this. Because I, I look at this situation and say, 
I need to know when this happened and why it happened here. Like, did they meet in the line at the airport? Is that some part of their origin story to where this was special enough for them to do it here? What time did they go? Because I need to know how busy this TSA line, because I'm sorry, when I walk into the airport, I am trying to go for peak efficiency. Now, I, like you mentioned, have TSA pre-check because I travel pretty often here and I value my time enough to do that. And I'm fortunate enough to have credit cards that have that special where that pays for that service. But I digress. I, I, I just look at this situation and go, if for some reason I didn't get pre-check on that trip and I was in a rush to go somewhere mm-hmm. and I had allotted myself the normal amount of time to go through security and all of a sudden I got these this couple going and doing this in a place where we're trying to go through a process so we can safely fly planes. I, I, I'm probably like knowing me, I'm going to be happy for them and I'm going to cheer like everyone else in that moment. Right. But I'm going to be MFing them under my breath once I get out of line, especially if now I got to run to get to my gate. Yeah, you're already going to the airport knowing that your patience is going to be tried. Like you already like this, you get into a specific mindset when you go to the airport. Like everything's not going to go my way. I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to think about things. Like, and then on top of that, to have a, a wedding proposal, stop down while you're trying to organize where where your where where your driver's license is going to go for the split second when it goes into this little little, little machine. It's just it's I don't like it. I don't like well, it. Like, I think it's I think it's bad. If- Imagine if you were traveling with young kids. Like, that's who I always think of the airport is. I think everything, as soon as parents step foot in airport property, everything should be free to them. Because God has given his toughest battle to (laughs) y'all trying to travel with these kids. Parents, I am not of you, but I see you and I empathize. And I think you shouldn't have to pay for stuff at the airport, let alone have to deal with someone trying to do this in the TSA line while you're just trying to get your kid to stop, you know, watch thing on an iPad long enough to not eat food in a place they're not supposed to be and get their shoes off and all this but brandon you want to know what the worst part of all this was what is it tsa advised the couples and the well-wishers around them that the 85 dollars tsa pre-check makes a great wedding gift idea like no if someone proposes and gets you this kind of pub for tsa you gift them pre-check if you are the travel security administration I'm sorry, that is unacceptable that these people chose your TSA for their special moment, which again, we can disagree with strategically. I don't know if it's special to them. The very least you can do in exchange for all this IG pub that you got from them is gift them the $85 pre-check, you monsters. Man, you might as well give them clear. Like, go, right. like skip skip the step skip the step like these people that's 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 low Boy. that's low on a that's low on a on a part it also lets me know how they really felt because obviously nope. you don't want to get in the way of somebody's special moment but like they was feeling exactly how we feeling like could y'all not do this right here you know what they were happy enough to get those clicks on social media though that's mm. ain't that ain't that the modern world Brandon ain't that the modern world it's a shame let a, let us know how you feel. Leave us a review. If you've gotten to this point already, you know what our pitch is. Head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like us. Continue to subscribe. Encourage your friends to steal their phone. Download, rate, and review us. Leave us a five-star rating. Every bit helps. And as always, hopefully we'll be back here to talk to you tomorrow.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.